podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. As always, I'm your host today, Bill Bannum, and today I am joined by David LaHaye, founder and president at Predictive Success Corporation. David, welcome to the show. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me, and uh, I look forward to sharing some insight on analytics and culture champions. Yes, and speaking of analytics, uh, this interview comes hot on the heels, ladies and gentlemen, of the recent People Analytics Summit in Toronto, where the HR Gazette was once again a key media partner. So part of the uh, part of the session today, we'll be looking at David's uh, presentation at the summit. So let's let's get into it. Firstly, David, please introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your career background up to predictive success. Yeah, my pleasure. So I uh, am a former enterprise manager with the uh, Microsoft Group. Uh, I was there for a number of years, and we created a, a pretty dynamic, lean team that was able to compete against IBM, uh, creating subscription agreements to the uh, FIs or the financial institutions uh, in Canada and in Redmond and. We, uh, we had a mandate of hiring great people uh, that could compete against uh, companies like IBM who had 10 times as many uh, employees as we did. And, and that's where I got introduced to uh, the predictive index uh, suite and, and how analytics would allow me to hire smarter, faster, and uh, to avoid those people that just didn't work out for you, uh, you know, 90 days later. Okay, and now let's uh, let's move on a little bit to to now. Uh, you're, you're now the the founder and president, as I mentioned a moment ago, of of Predictive Success. So, tell me a bit about that company, what you guys do there, and and how it helps the world of talent, HR, and more. So, uh, in 2006, I was studying trends from McKinsey, and uh, workplace analytics was really something that would uh, be uh, they deemed uh, dominant uh, in the next 10 to 15 years. So I left to start Predictive Success and became the licensee for the publisher out of Boston for the Predictive Index software. We've trained uh, in the last 11 years over 2,000 leaders across Canada and the United States. Uh, two years ago, uh, one of our clients, Wiley, asked us to write a book on uh, our success with using analytics to, to hire great uh, salespeople. And that became the foundation of a best-selling book called Predicting Success by Wiley. So it was kind of uh, cool. Uh, also, we, uh, we're blessed with um, about 550 clients from across Canada, uh, ranging from banks to the auto sector to retail, tend to be companies looking for an extra edge on hiring and inspiring their employees. Awesome. Thank you very much. Now, let's, uh, let's spend a little bit of time now and, and uh, talk about the, the session uh, at People Analytics, where you were a speaker, of course. Uh, so that happened, as, as we record this, ladies and gentlemen, very recently this week. Uh, you spoke about the concept of, of culture champions. So I'd, I'd love for you now to take a few minutes and explain to our audience what, what that means to you in terms of being a culture champion. And, and why does it matter? Well, it, it matters a lot because in the war for talent, it's becoming increasingly hard to find good people. And, and so keeping them uh, is, is vital. You know, normal way of clients coming in and or clients, uh, what well, they should be called clients, employees coming into organizations are, you know, we uh, have the HR screen interview, maybe some team interviews, and, and then they're hired. And then, you know, good luck if we spend a lot of time with them onboarding. Some companies do a good job of it. Many do not. And then the work begins. And that's where they start to fit into the culture. But that's also where the culture conflicts happen. 
Are they really the employee we thought they were when they were on their best behavior during the interview? Does the team trust them? Does the team uh, work well with them? Often then we have performance issues and, you know, the person may not work out. Well, they could have been the wrong person, the wrong fit. And then what do you do after that 90-day review? Do you develop them? Do you move them? Do you keep them? So the concept that that we've uh, come up with, which is this path to, you know, launching a data-driven analytic way of just getting better at segmenting talents is let's find the ones that will come in and work for us and not be, as I, as I said in the conference, chair spinners. Those are the, uh, we call red curve employees. They avoid volunteering. You know, they're out of there, yabba-dabba-doo time at 5.01. The chair's spinning so fast you can, you, know, you can see them out the door. Well, generally what happens is, from our research, they don't fit the job role. Ceridian did a wonderful talk at the People Analytics Summit, and they've estimated that 50% of North American employees are in the wrong job. Wow. I mean, that is huge. Now, what we found is the people that are committed to their job, that have that ability to, you know, to, to want to do more work, not working for a paycheck, the ones that will go for an extra mile, work longer hours, really care about what their customers think, and know that time is money, and they work efficiently, they'll put in longer hours. And our research has shown they're committed to their boss. Well, what we see is that they fit the job role. That is a wonderful indicator of a path to being what we call a cultural champion. They're high level of engagement and high level of performance. That's kind of nirvana. Um, what we do see in the workplace is there's, there's three other boxes. We call it a two-by-two two box. There's a box of people that you know we'll call uh, contaminators. They're not uh, a good fit for their role. They tend to be individuals that are low engaged and low performance. Uh, they tend to be people that or quite toxic in the company. Uh, they just get listened to too, too much. And the problem or the challenge with traditional engagement surveys is that the loud and vocal get heard the much, uh, too much. And what we're saying in our strategy of cultural champions is that's not the best path. Let's listen to all four boxes. Let's listen to them uniquely. And let's try to have a game plan. Contaminators really, in most cases, don't fit the job model and they would be happiest if we promoted them to what we call customer or happy alumni. The other uh, boxes that we think a lot about are the grinders. The grinders are the ones that you know are performing well, but for some reason they're not highly engaged. These are the people that just need to have more attention. They may have not got the title. They need to be listened to. And how do we work with those people so that they are ones we can tap into their disengagement. It's not going to be easy. It's not just an extra vacation day, but we can in, really improve the engagement because we don't want the headhunter to take them, especially with record low unemployment levels. Across North America, ranging from 5%, you know, all the way down to Vermont and 3.1%. And so it's a real danger now to, to, to managers to, to use data and analytics to keep people because the replacement may be difficult. And of course, you know, we've got uh, those contaminators, the grinders, and then we think, you know, also and, and importantly about uh, the silent killers. You know, uh, these are people that are, are engaged, strangely enough, but their performance is down. Well, don't expect the performance to change by itself. And we can't accept low performance. You made the decision to keep them. Now, you know, you need to make a decision to put real performance improvement plans quarterly down 
and hold them accountable. And if we can't change them, then why are we keeping them with our organization? And then the cultural champions, which we talk a lot about, and I shared time, effort, and, and energy on this in my, in my talk in Toronto, is that those are the folks that we just got to give them proper attention. We take them for granted too much. Too much. Let's reward them because if you don't, someone else will. They're one phone call away from leaving in some cases and one phone call away from keeping. So invest in tools that they need. Give them a platform. When was the last time you took them out for a nice glass of wine? And so we have that segmentation of talent. We think about you know, the outcomes and the ideal outcomes of creating cultural champions is that they feel they're the future. They have this elevated status. They have a greater sense of purpose and belonging. And they feel that leadership really gets me and gets it. And it's really now about when the analytics, when the, the tools like the predictive index survey is used for hiring, is also used along the employee's journey. It allows the manager to get their employee at a different level, enhancing these folks that are high performance and high engaged. And also that same data can be used to coach people out of the organization and coach them up into this ideal top right. And the difference that we've got versus traditional use of, of old-fashioned assessments, for example, like Myers-Briggs or Colors or, or even the team building one disc and so many versions of it, is that we want that analytic data to be in real time in the hands of the manager so that he or she can use it to understand all four groups of their employees, you know, the grinders, which is a huge opportunity if I can move them up into cultural champions, the folks that are contaminators so I can, you know, really have good discussions with them and help them understand that, you know, we're not going to fight. We, you know, we don't want you to trench in. Maybe it's best for you to find a role in a company that suits your behavior or outside in another company, but real discussions that allow them to, to get into, you know, what will allow them to be the best versions of themselves and giving the grinders, you know, hope and optimism, you know, just by having the meeting with them, that you understand them, that, you know, they want leadership to change and that they will notice and respect you, but you will also notice and respect what they bring will create an attitude and attitude shift. And this will work if, if both parties work at it. And so what we, see with this new approach is this, the, the whole strategy is that most companies don't have robust or objective enough data to create a system of segmenting their talent or it's subjective, you know, big dog, little dog, or I golf with Karen and, and she promotes me. And that's where we are bringing analytics from hire to inspire. And we're really excited about what we've been able to do with this model with the predictive index software, which allows us to look at that core individual, what's their drive, what's their assertiveness, what's their extroversion, what's their level of patience or impatience, their detail. And then with our software, which is in real time dynamically changing, what's their response when they come to work? Are they engaged? And many employees are not engaged. So what's the manager going to do now if he or she has data of saying, listen, you're pushing the wrong buttons with this employee. This is the approach you should do. And here's the output. Um, do they have the ability to change? Well, are they a close fit to what we call the job model or job assessment? And that's where uh, AI is coming in. We've got it built into our software stack, the predictive index, in that it 
really allows us to see in, in real time that that person is a good fit behaviorally. Is it too much of a lift, too much of a change, just not going to be doable long term. And then we have also dovetailed in a very cool data that's quite hot right now across North America is what we call cognitive. Cognitive data in a 12-minute survey will allow us to say, hey, what is my pace? Am I really steady and take longer to gain new topics? Or am I very quick and have a short takeoff and landing of new topics? And so this cognitive target in creating benchmarks for these roles allows us to understand as a manager leader who's in our culture. What's not only the, the, the behaviors, but what's the learning style? What's the learning agility of my team? So I can really have my training events matched to the personality and the cognitive agility of each employee in real time. And we've seen transformational changes in teams. We've worked with a couple of NHL teams. We've worked with some major retailers. But what it's really about is looking at you, the leader, others on your team, do they fit? So that we can all create better work in our companies and, you know, and bigger, bigger dream, as our CEO, Mike Zanny says in Boston, a better world. And so it's really empowering leaders now and many times for the first time to have analytics to understand those people on their teams that are in the right roles, those people on their teams that are truly contaminators and sucking all the energy and sap out of the, out of the culture and the team. And providing ourselves with a path to move those to happy alumni and reward and recognize those cultural champions with a sidetrack on, I've got some grinders, let's see if I can tend to them a little differently and move them up into the cultural champion, highly engaged and highly productive employees, and really hold the silent killers accountable to, hey, let's get better or let's get away from each other. Okay, thank you very much. So I'm, I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to pick you up on a couple of things there because I'm a millennial, okay? And um, you, you've used terms like contaminators in in there, and the language that you've used so far to me as a millennial sounds like it's very much geared to to leaders, uh, Gen X, Boomers. Um, when millennials hear terms like contaminators, uh, is there is there a risk of uh, lack of buy-in from that generation because? I mean, from the interviews that I've done in the past, and I, I used to work for a performance management technology company, so I'm, I'm acutely aware of the challenges of selling into companies. Uh, are, are you, is, there, is there a risk of not being able to get full buy-in from a millennial-dominated workforce, which, uh, when it comes to uh, technologies which are based around, you mentioned quarterly reviews or quarterly assessments earlier, how, how does one get around those issues? Well, we, we love millennials. I mean, we've got many in our office and uh, there's only so much you can do. You know, we've got stand-up desks and treadmills and free foods and, and many of our clients you know, uh, that we work with are in the tech area. And it's not just one more vacation, vacation day that they want. They can get that and they can leave very quickly. I've got three children, all millennials, and, and, and I see it in real action. But what, from our experience, they like is real data about them. You know, it, what are what are the key buttons? They love new data, as most employees do. You know, are they an adapter? We've got cool emojis into our software, and the millennials love this. And so, you know, the, the data is specific to their personality. Some are analyzers, you know, some of the emojis. There's an individualist, for example. There's the maverick, and there's the persuader, and the, and the captain, and the altruistic. I'm meeting with a, uh, a, a father-daughter tomorrow in Toronto, and... Uh, 
what we did with this, and she's a millennial, she was at uh, RBC Bank and didn't like it. And, and when we ran the analytics on her, she is what we call a captain profile, very assertive, very analytical, tenacious, and uh, will do details that advances her mission with a, a wonderful uh, high cognitive. She's ideal to be set up as an entrepreneur, and her father is, had a hunch on it, but the analytics has confirmed it. So what analytics will do, predictive analytics, especially ones that are free of bias like the predictive index, really allow the millennials to hunker down on a type of job that suits them and, and their purpose and their vision. The terms that I've used in the, in the two box, two by two box, they may be a little harsh, um, but I'm trying to put some shock and awe into uh, managers, leaders, you know, the, the, the folks that are running organizations that you just can't do uh, your people planning the same way as, as you did in the past. You know, we need to think about who, who's on my team. Are they in the right role? And work with our HR business partners to leverage analytics to shift people around. And then also, uh, you know, now more than ever, we, we trained over a thousand managers over a year last last year in the use of predictive index to understand what buttons to push for rewards and recognition. HR business partners are also trained, but in the old days, they were the only ones trained on the use of psychometrics. That's really old school. The new way is hey, man, how do we get that data so I can manage the millennial from their worlds uniquely? Because what we do see is they like unique messages. They don't like things that are, you know, uh, the same for everyone. Give me an experience unique to me. And what we're finding is that with the ability to use the data and map it directly to their drives, their behaviors, their motivations, and their cognitive agility, it's been a home run. Okay, so what I'm hearing there is uh, if – if you give people hard facts, uh, they, they respond to that. Um, millennials, in, in this instance, we're talking about specifically here, they, they, they respond to that because it's in, it's in black and white and they, they get it and they can work with that, right? As opposed to that subjectivity that perhaps permeated before. Yeah, they hate the fact that, you know, some people got jobs in, and the only reason they got jobs was because of tenure or they got jobs because they golfed with the, with the COO or, or, or. What we find is that you know, they want fair, they want objective, they will move jobs, they will move around. We see that, you know, every couple of years, don't expect them to be there a long time. They'll probably have, you know, six or seven or eight jobs from our research in their careers. But what they will take with them is, hey, this is me, this is how to manage me, this is my communication style, this is my collaboration style, this is my stabilizing style, and this is my need for control. You know, some need a lot, some need others to set that vision for them. So, they are what I'll call most interested in the, the ability to get more insight than earlier generations. When I do a guest lecture at Ryerson in the MBA class, we offer a uh, very quick debrief of their predictive index after the guest lecture to their MBA students. And I'll stay 90 minutes after to spend time with each uh, student, and they really care more about it. So it's kind of cool. Um, it's going to bring a new wave of, of, of the use of predictive uh, analytics in our case, the use of predictive index to allow them to be the best version of themselves in many roles that they'll have throughout their career. I think I could ask you a heck of a lot more questions about this, um, but unfortunately we are, we are running out of time for today. So just one last question for this particular interview, and that's uh, how, how can we learn more about you? How can our listeners connect with you? And, and also how can they learn more about Predictive Success Corporation? 
Well, it's our pleasure. We're, our, our handle is uh, www.predictivesuccess.com. And my name is Dave Leahy again, and I'm the founder and president. But we've got team right across Canada and throughout the United States. Um, the email address is D, and then it's L-A-H-E-Y, at predictivesuccess.com. And we've got some real-life millennials working for us, and they would be great to connect with. But uh, to anyone listening, uh, we'll extend the same offer we did uh, at my People Analytics uh, talk is that we'll offer you a free trial. And what's cool about it is only two questions that'll save you six months of, an, of, of agony, perhaps, in working for the wrong uh, company. So we encourage you to try it. It's pretty, uh, pretty cool, pretty uh, interesting stuff. And uh, we'd be pleased to, uh, to entertain any discussions with uh, the fine uh, folks listening out there today. And, and, uh, and thank you for, uh, for taking this time to invest in yourself. And listeners, I'd just add to that because it would be remiss of me not to, uh, in addition to the People Analytics Summit, there's a whole bunch of other events organized by uh, the Strategy Institute. So I'd encourage you to check those out too. But for today, that just leaves me to say, David, thank you very much for being a guest on the HR Chat Show. My pleasure. And you, you run a great program. I've listened to, the blo- to, to, to your blogs and to your podcasts, and um, they're, they're just uh, very well done. So, so kudos to you and uh, have a great day. Thank you very much. And listeners, as always, until next time. Happy working. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.